Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And these are the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series, season three, episode two, The Prophecies, part two. Series created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams, written by Ty McLaughlin, directed by Ty McLaughlin, original air date, October 7th, 1989. So we're back with season three, episode two, The Prophecies, part two. So... Part one of this episode proved to be a little too much for Kim, so she opted out of part two, and I totally understand. I'm a little disappointed because this is kind of a turning point episode, but I'll explain it all to her so she knows what's happening, but I totally understand how she feels. So we're picking up where we left off, in the alley and with the 666 being carved on Ryan's chest. Mickey's in the town square, still looking for Ryan. When he comes around the corner, she sees that something's not right, but Ryan tells her that he's fine. And he just got knocked out for a little while. He wants to see Sister Adele, but Mickey tells him that they have to see Jack first. So Astaroth breaks into a crypt in the cemetery. And just a side note, every time I type Astaroth, the autocorrect tries to make it into Astrolabe. Probably because I typed it for so many episodes during the Warehouse 13 portion of this podcast. It's been a long time since we finished Warehouse 13, and it's just funny that it still tries to correct it into Astrolabe. Anyway, he breaks into a few compartments until he finds a skeleton. So are these powers of breaking through stone with the wave of his hand new? I don't remember him doing anything like that in the first half, but it just could be that he always had these powers. We just didn't see him because there was no reason to use them. Or are they new now that all the six prophecies were completed? I don't know. He recites something else about the place where Lucifer's return awaits. The place of your return awaits. Oh, Lucifer. With your new disciple, we will bring thee forth to reign supreme. So with the help of the disciple, they will bring him forth through the child. So in the last episode, we were led to believe that once the six prophecies were completed, Lucifer would walk the earth. And it was said more than once, even Sister Adele said it. And oh well, there seems to be more that we have to do. It seems like there's another whole list of things that he has to do before any of that happens. So then we move to Christina and her father. They're in the church. She knows something's happening. She asks her father to pray for her. Mickey is at the hotel going through the files where Ryan is paying no attention to what she's doing. She reads that only one of the three books of Lucifer is safe. The other two are lost. Then she reads the final prophecies need to be performed at the place of the dead. There's thought to be three books of Lucifer out there. One of them safely in the Vatican and the other two are lost. Ryan, listen to this. It says... Final prophecies need to be directed from a place of the dead. Ryan takes off. He doesn't want any part of this. And goes to see Sister Adele. While Astaroth reads another passage about the disciple killing the most holy. And the disciple went forth and slew the most holy. So darkness could rise to envelop the earth. Sister Adele agrees to see Ryan over the other nun's objections. Now, I felt like she looked like she knew this was going to happen, like she knew Ryan was affected, almost like she knew it all had to happen in order for things to either go to darkness or to be put right. It feels like she knew all along, probably since she saw the vision that whichever way it went, she had to die for it to happen. That's the way she looked to me. I could be wrong. Astaroth, through Ryan, tells her to deny her God or die. The priest tries to get into the room but can't. She won't deny her faith, and Astaroth, as Ryan, kills her. 
he busts through the priest and the nun standing in the doorway and runs outside. And outside, he's yelling to himself as if he's having a nightmare. First, they thought he was himself again and upset about killing the nun, which I think he was, kind of. And we see him finding the 666 on his chest and screaming, knowing that the nun was probably really dead. The way I was looking at this was like he was having a nightmare, dreaming about the nun dying and screaming in his sleep. And then he woke up and he opened his shirt and saw the 666 and started screaming because now he knew it was probably true. And then we see he's still in the alley behind the junk where Astaroth branded him. So originally, and I'm still not convinced that's not what happened, I thought that he never left the alley. I thought that Astaroth was conjuring Orion and using him as a tool to kill the nun. I still kind of think that, because why would he end up in the same alley laying behind the same pile of junk? I mean, if he had woken up earlier, wouldn't he have had a button in his shirt and noticed that the 666 was there? I don't know. This part confused me. And I was confused enough about the scene to go to the book, which I haven't checked since season one. But she just says that Ryan ends up in the same alley and screams into the night or something. But she's just watching it like we are. So I don't really know. I just don't really understand why he'd be laying in the same alley behind the same pile of junk. If it were not to make us think that he's never left the alley. I don't know. It just seems like they went out of their way not to show us where he was in the alley until after he found the 666 on his chest. And then the camera panned out to show us that he was in the exact same spot. So I still have questions. Moving on and throughout the rest of the episode, I do believe it is Ryan, but I still have questions about that alley scene. Mickey calls to get Johnny to come to Italy. She knows that there's something wrong with Ryan. Johnny tells Ryan's mother, who just stopped by the store, that he's going over there to find out what's happening. She's upset about leaving him when he was a child, and Johnny tells her that everyone deserves a second chance. That's a clue. So the police come to the hotel looking for Ryan and take Mickey to the station. Next, Ryan sneaks into the hospital to see Jack. He's back to himself and doesn't know why he killed Sister Adele. Then, in true Ryan spoiled child fashion, he asks Jack, who's unconscious and almost died himself, why he didn't stop all this from happening. I don't know why they had to throw that line in there to make Ryan look like a selfish child, but they did, and it annoyed me to no end. As if Jack wasn't trying to stop it all along, as if he could have stopped it and just chose not to. And maybe they thought it would make Jack seem like a father figure who can fix and protect him from anything, but for me, it didn't come across that way. So he cries and tells Jack that he needs him. Astaroth recites another spell, and Ryan turns. Fortunately, the nurses run into the room after hearing him scream, and Ryan jumps out of the window. The next morning, Mickey's still being interrogated. She won't accept that Ryan could have killed anyone. Ryan, in the meantime, has been summoned to the crypt. Astaroth is marking Ryan's forehead with a cross of ashes and reciting another passage about the disciple living for eternity in hell. Why would he use a cross? I'm confused about this. All that comes to mind is Ash Wednesday, where the ashes on your forehead are supposed to represent death and repentance. And I had to look that up because I barely remember what the purpose of the ashes were from my childhood. I just don't really know why they would use a cross on the forehead. Maybe somebody else knows. He also says, a child shall lead. Now, disciple of Lucifer, you shall live eternal through the powers of hell. We shall usher in a new age of darkness through our deeds, Lucifer will ascend into the body of one of God's chosen ones, and a child shall be. So Johnny arrives in the middle of Sister Adele's funeral procession. He goes to the hotel and is told that Mickey has been arrested. The man running the hotel is burning crosses in his fireplace. Why? 
I mean, he always seemed a little shady. When Mickey checked in, he seemed shady. Is he one of the Lucifer people, or are they just trying to show us that he's lost faith? Is that the first thing you do when you lose your faith, is go burn the crosses? Or is that some kind of protection thing that I don't know about? I just didn't get it, because we never really saw him again, I don't think. Steve gets Mickey out of the police station. She tells him what they're accusing Ryan of. Steve doesn't know what to make of any of it. So now Ryan is out on the streets hiding in alleys. He spots Christina and her father in the funeral procession. He grabs Christina and takes off saying he knows where she can be healed, with her father running behind him trying to stop him. Ryan, with his superpowers, flings Christina's father against a wall and knocks him out. Meanwhile, the funeral procession is stopped at the healing grotto. I guess they call it a shrine later. The priest gives a sermon to try to help the people keep the faith and strive to have as much faith as she did. Moving over to Jack in the hospital, I don't know if he could hear them all praying at the grotto, but we see that he's dreaming of the clock at 333, the lightning strikes, and basically everything that's happened. He keeps remembering Sister Adele saying she has the faith of a child, alternating with Astaroth reciting, Under the lamb shall hide the serpent. Jack wakes up and whispers the child. Ryan brings Christina to the crypt and lays her down on the slab. Astaroth goes about trying to convince her that all of her praying in faith never healed her, but Satan will heal her. But Christina just keeps praying. Mickey and Steve have been running around looking for Ryan all this time. They arrive at the hospital to find out that Jack is left. Jack finds Christina's father where Ryan left him. He tells Jack that Ryan took his daughter and he dies. Mickey and Steve find Jack and Mickey remembers the passage she read about the place of death and Jack realizes it must be the cemetery. Astaroth heals Christina's legs, but she refuses to praise Lucifer, and Astaroth strikes her down and insists that the prophecy of the child will be fulfilled. Outside at the funeral, the wind picks up as the priest continues to pray, even though the skies get darker and the wind blows harder. Astaroth is not having much luck with whatever he is reciting in the crypt while Ryan is holding Christina down. I guess her faith is too strong, or maybe her faith combined with all the people praying at the shrine is putting a damper in whatever he's doing. So he changes course and he picks up a bone. He decides to kill her so Lucifer can resurrect into her body. So that's what I thought was going to happen anyway. But I guess, I don't know. I guess this was going to bring Lucifer back to life. Maybe he didn't need her body originally. I thought he said something about a body. I don't know. That's what I thought was going to happen all along, but apparently not. Christine is able to reach the real Ryan, and he begins to see flashbacks of him as a child with his brother. He protects her from the stabbing by shielding her. Astaroth stabs Ryan, and Ryan asks Christina to pray for him, as he falls to the ground and turns back into him as a child. Mickey, Jack, and Steve run in just in time to see this. Astaroth claims victory as Ryan is now the unholy child, as he calls him. Outside at the grotto, a bright light shines, which looks like a sun. It's a big yellow ball. Astaroth doesn't understand the light. He thought he'd won. His hand burns in the light as if he was a vampire. Jack grabs Christina, who can stand again, and then grabs unconscious child Ryan. Astaroth and the book burst into flames. Christina tells them that they must get Ryan to the shrine. Ryan wakes up as they arrive, and the priest tries to expel the demon. Christina prays for Ryan to the light, which turns out to be the Blessed Mother. Ryan is healed, but is still a child. He doesn't seem to remember anything about his adult life or anything about the possession. So they all seem a little surprised, Christina included, that Ryan did not change back into an adult. But if you listen to her prayer, she says something about revert him back to what's God's will. So I'm assuming that because Ryan has so many unresolved issues from his childhood, that he's getting kind of a do-over. 
of his life where things can be better. And of course, it's helpful that he doesn't remember everything that's happened in these two episodes, you know, the killing that he did and the possession. So I think that kind of makes sense. Ryan. Who are you? I'm Jack Marshall. You're my uncle's friend. You came over to my house once. Mom made you dinner. That's, that's right, Ryan. Where's my mom? She's uh, waiting for you at home. We'll take you there. Are you okay, lady? Ryan, it's me, Mickey. I've got a cousin named Mickey. She's got red hair, too. <gasps> he asked for his mother, so it's a good thing she just happened to show up and is waiting at home. Christina tells the priest that the Blessed Mother asked her to stay, and the water begins running again. So like Sister Adele, she's lost both of her parents and will probably be raised by the nuns. My question is, since there's still one more book of Lucifer out there somewhere, is this all going to repeat itself in 10 years? I don't know if it's just me that thinks that, but it kind of seems like it to me. I don't know. Later at the airport, when they return, Ryan's mother is shocked to see Ryan as a child again. Jack didn't think it was something he could tell her over the phone. She does believe them that it is Ryan, and it ends with her hugging him. So I guess it's a good thing that he doesn't remember anything, especially about the killings and the possession. It's sad that he doesn't remember the friendship or family he made with Jack and Mickey, though. So all through this series, I said there was always one specific scene that I always remembered and that we would talk about it when we got to it. And then last episode, I commented on how the mother showing up probably serves a purpose because of this one scene that I remember, but not remembering the rest of the episode or how it happened, the mother showing up answers some of the questions I had. So we've gotten through these two episodes and the scene's not here. I even went and watched the beginning of the next episode to see if the scene's here. So I don't know if it was one of those scenes, which we've discovered there are many that have been cut from this DVD. Apparently, there's different cuts of episodes. So my memory is not what it used to be, but I know that I saw this scene. I know I did. So I'm going to talk about it now, and I'm hoping it doesn't show up somewhere later down the road. I don't know why it would, because this is where it belongs. I even checked to make sure that kid isn't in another episode before I talked about it. And he's not. He's only listed in two episodes, Prophecy 1 and Prophecy 2. So I'm going to talk about it now. I'm hoping it's not a spoiler, but obviously this is where Ryan leaves the series. Now, I remember that Ryan left the series, but the only thing I remember about him leaving the series was that he was somehow turned into a child, and I thought that they couldn't change him back. And the scene that I always remember was Ryan being outside a doorway, I think, and I'm assuming it was the store, and Mickey watching him walk away. And him looking at Mickey as he walked away and Mickey watching him, it felt like in my memory that Ryan was adult Ryan in a child's body. And that it was sad for not only Mickey, but also for Ryan knowing that he was leaving Mickey and Jack. But because I didn't remember anything about how he got that way and learning that both of his parents were dead, I started wondering as we were re-watching the series, why didn't he just stay with them as a child? So I had a lot of questions. I didn't have that many questions before we started re-watching, but then when we learned that his mother supposedly was dead and then we saw his father die, I remembered the scene and I wondered why he left or where could he have gone or, you know, why he just didn't stay with them, especially if he, like I thought, had all his adult memories. Where else could he go? 
So him not remembering anything answered those questions. And then his mother showing up answered all the questions I had. I do think at some point, though, there's going to have to be some sort of explanations because, you know, the part of his life he's remembering, his father's still alive, and we know his father's now died. Everybody's probably different. You know, he doesn't have the friends he used to have. And I don't know if they're ever going to show us, probably not, how his mother's going to deal with all the changes and and the explanation of all the changes that have happened in the last 14 years. So... I kind of wish we'd get that part of the story. And maybe we will. Maybe that's where that scene is that I remember. Maybe there is an episode dealing with that. I don't know. So I'm really upset that this scene wasn't in this episode. I don't know where it went. But I'm really hoping that it doesn't show up sometime later. I mean, other than watching every single episode until the end of the season. I did my due diligence to make sure it wasn't going to show up at some other point. So hopefully this isn't a spoiler. But if somebody else remembers that scene, please comment and tell me. Because it's bothering me. I know I remember that. And I remember it being kind of sad watching him walk away and watching Mickey watch him walk away. But this episode answered all the questions I had about that scene. Whether it exists or not, I had questions, and they got answered. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with episode three. See you then. This is Doug, reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, provided by Anton Kornienko, Pixabay user 147-98912, free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at the warehouse.